Meanwhile, I could watch a movie that ends in a suicide that makes me laugh every time. Which one's that? The Room. The Room ends with a suicide? Uh-huh. Huh. He shoots himself in the mouth. Hmm. I'm fed up with this world. Everyone betray me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to do an episode. I think you're going to like it a lot I, more yeah. on a second viewing, honestly. I I, like, um, I just can't believe you disliked it so much. You wore, you wore me down. It's... For sure. It... It's not anything you've ever seen, so I get not taken to it immediately. But, yeah. oh, it's special. Yeah, I went into it with the wrong mindset. That's fair. It's hard to know what you're looking at there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anything about Christopher Lee, like, outside of his movies? Outside of his movies, I know he's a... Pr- I th- my understanding is he's a pretty cool guy in general, yeah. like a sword fighter, just a cool yeah. dude. Yeah, he... Um, I, I loved him as Dracula... He played Dracula so many fucking times next yeah. to next to um, Peter Cushing as Renfield, Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin from yeah, yeah. Star Wars. Um, anyways, yeah, I was just listening to a podcast and talking, and it was talking about Christopher Lee's life outside of the screen. And I have the tab still open here. He's been in two hundred and forty-four movies. <sighs> he met Rasputin's. Or Rasputin's assassins. <laughs> as there was a, a few a of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, <laughs> he was there for the last execution via guillotine in France. Huh. Uh, he was in the Royal Air Force and fought the Nazis in uh, Northern Africa. Did know World that War one. II. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he eventually he got uh, upgraded to the British Special Ops, which were legitimately called the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> so they're so cute when they're not colonizing. He played he played Dracula in the nineteen sixty six Dracula Prince of Darkness. And that version of Dracula doesn't speak at all because the script was so bad that he only agreed to do it if he didn't have to read any of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet that was the right call. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, what else? Yeah, he's a champion fencer and an opera singer, mm-hmm. and he spoke six languages. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Real renaissance, man. Yeah. I wish we got more live-action Count Dooku. Yeah. I really do. We got he does some like magic rituals with a big cauldron and shit in Clone Wars. Huh. So dope. I uh, I don't know. I mean as long as we're talking about Attack of the Clones and actors we <laughs> wish we got more of who wasn't wasted in that film other than Hayden Christensen. <laughs> they need to they need to give Attack of the Clones the Hobbit treatment and turn it into three movies. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it even like Oh, Annie, you've grown uh-huh. as an entire film. Little it's like that, that first assassination attempt on Coruscant uh-huh. takes two and a half hours. Uh-huh. No. Pretty much. <laughs> no. It, it, cut, cut pieces from that uh-huh. movie. Make it a short. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The Clone Wars were pretty intense. We could have got a lot more of it. But, but attack the clones. Yeah. 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 Mace Windu should have been mad. Yeah. You got Samuel Jackson not getting mad in a role. Like, <laughs> yeah, give the man some range, but I don't think the acting range of I'm calm and will continue to be uh-huh. is really that special considering his yeah. talents. Yeah, he's pretty boring until uh, until he crashes the party on Geonosis. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
and then it's you know he gives you that face and it's good but yeah that motherfucker face yeah yeah well christopher lee may have played dracula frankenstein and the mummy but one universal classic monster that he didn't play will was wolfman oh how's that for a half-baked tangent it, I was really trying to, like, I figured he must have had, like, a dog or something that we were going to talk about, but the segue from Christopher Lee is an impressive man to, but he was never a dog man. Ev, you've outdone yourself. Yeah. It's like how, how we talked about the Michael Keaton, the Jack Frost, that wasn't the one we covered. True. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome to our show. Our show. It's, it's our ours. Show? Me and you, buddy. Hello. What's it called again? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's called Last Podcast on the Left. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just as many L's, though. That's Late true. Night Lobotomies. It's that queer one that's good for both sides of your brain and the goo in between, right? Especially the goo in between. Especially. I'm your host, Ev Tryon, and as always, I'm joined by the NB with the soul of a retired greyhound, Will Erickson. Howdy. Howdy. Bark, bark, buddy. Bow, bow. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... I've continued on the train of not sleeping well, but you know, it's February. A podcaster's dozen. Exactly. Yep. Are you getting excited for Molly? I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Molly. Molly. Girlfriend's getting into town next week. Going to mm-hmm. have a little birthday celebration turning 601. Uh-huh. Going to have a bunch of friends over. Going to watch some Samurai Cop. Yeah. I'm really happy that you're not doing the room this year. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're still going to watch it soon. But yeah. Samurai Cop sounds really dope. It's uh, in the kind of the same vein of, oh my god what were they thinking <laughs> and it just never stops feeling like that yeah. but it's an action movie uh-huh. so it, it, it's it's gonna be fun and it's called samurai cop yeah you put anything in front of cop well you can put stuff after cop too like cop dog cop starring dog. chuck norris <laughs> yeah we can yeah. watch that later maybe we'll <laughs> no it's I, not good i do not like chuck norris yeah mm-hmm. he's bad actor like, he has a charisma, but it's not mine. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know what charisma it is. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't define it. But Some kind of dadliness. Uh-huh. Uh, this episode drops on the day that Molly gets here. Ooh-wee. Uh-huh. Might be listening to it in the airport. I... If your name is Molly and you're listening to this in an airport, I love you. Yeah, or maybe on the plane. Maybe, if, yeah. Molly, if you're listening on the plane, I'm, I'm going to need you to make a big deal about how amazing this podcast you just discovered is. Yeah. Get up. Stand in the aisle, tell them the motherfucker ain't real because they ain't listening to the yeah. late night lobotomies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, or, you know, like make the person next to you pull it up on their phone and hit follow and give us five stars. Yeah. No? So you like Have uh, them take it off airplane mode for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you like air travel, huh? Let me check out this podcast. Yeah. Peanuts guy, huh? Got more of a late night lobotomies gal. <laughs> What's yeah. the deal with late night lobotomies? What's the deal with late night lobotomies? Will, do you ever obsess over who the which which passenger is the air marshal? No, I never really think about mm, it. I always try to, like mm. like Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids. But you don't they don't have an air marshal on every flight. That's kinda why I don't think about which, it. I just assume they're skipping mine. Yeah. It just seems it seems like a dumb thing not to have one on every flight when like but to tie it to tie it back to last week, someone's always doing something absurd on a plane. 
you know, like the like the lady, like the inter that interdimensional traveler lady who knew those passengers weren't real. Yeah, and COVID was a real rough time for airplane etiquette, and I think yeah. it's just very slowly going back to normal. But it's my theory for movie theaters too, and um, this guy that thought that he could boss me around at work yesterday just because he spends money there. I think people that like the more you pay to be somewhere, the more free they think they are to act however they want. Yeah. You know, like I paid three hundred and fifty dollars for this flight. I'm I'm not wearing my mask. I'm not sitting in the seat I paid for. I'm taking as many cookies as I'm as I want. Not using my headphones, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight a female flight attendant. Yeah. You know, or the gay male flight attendant. Did you know it's mandatory for there to be a gay flight attendant on all domestic flights? Why? Hmm. That's nice. how it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, the conservative movement. The gay agenda is in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gay agenda. It's all around you. It's in the chemtrails. <laughs> you can't get anywhere without being stuck on a plane. With... <laughs> the skies are turning the damn frogs gay. <laughs> yeah. That's why we need them up there so they can put their their gayness into the chemtrails. <laughs> they ascend to the heavens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, I got a, a weird customer update at work this week. Uh, this isn't the guy that I just told you about, Will. That one's... I don't know if it's if it's like podcast inter level interesting. It's just some dickhead and you handled yeah. it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had, I had a customer last week who, not knowing this guy, seems like there's a 50-50 a chance that he murdered his girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. He was sharing like so many details about their relationship and that she like seemingly vanished and all these specific details about where she could be and why he can't get a hold of her and how happy they are together and oh yeah he was he was saying that she like gave the wrong name on a form or something and the authorities took that as she's mentally unstable so they they put her in a psych ward and have been moving her around different psych wards and hospitals but he's not allowed to see her or mm. he's he's not actually even allowed to know where she is and her family won't talk to him or has no idea and he was being just really specific with dates and locations and stuff and acting nervous. And it just really read as like a guy coming up with an alibi <laughs> or yeah, or either needs one or is about to need one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's I'm not, icky. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying he definitely murdered his girlfriend, but if he did, I, that felt like how he would interact with, with people. And yeah, there's a, I mean, if he didn't, and she is just gone, and he can't know why. Yeah. And no one wants to help him know why. Yeah. Godspeed whoever she is getting away from that. Yeah. It, yeah, that Definitely. just sounds wrong. Yeah, if if it's that hard, you know, she's trying not to be found yeah. by I, you. I've struggled with things in my life, but never to the, the clerk at the, the smoke shop, <laughs> especially yeah. about, like, things of that level. I, yeah, yeah, there's... You'd be surprised. Something's unpacking there. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I, but, I mean, yeah, I've heard some things. Uh-huh. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he didn't pick up one of our late night lobotomies flyers from the stack I keep on the counter. <laughs> Sir, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm talking about a different guy. Yeah. The other guy who did yeah, that. I'd never slander you. Never. An other guy. Yeah. <laughs> other guy, if you're hearing this. No, we know. Yeah. Well, buckaroo, you ready to get into our topic for today? What's our topic today, Ev? 
We are talking about something I've been excited about for a while now. That's but not an, the one you keep alluding not to. not the one I keep alluding to. That one's still to come. That's a mystery episode that may or may not even be conceptualized at this point. <laughs> um, Maybe we're just getting you guys excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, this one's going to be way happier and uplifting than that one. Ought to be. Uh, I'm working on, yeah. Today we're talking about our furry little friends and the many, many times they save the day. We're talking dog heroes. Dog heroes! <laughs> or hero dogs. I think hero I'm going to title the episode Dog Heroes, but if you think it should be hero dogs, DM us on in- Instagram at I Late like, Night Lobotomies. I think I like dog heroes better. Cool. We'll go with it. They're, they're magical creatures, aren't they, Will? They are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Them's best friend. See how the dog prizes marrow from the bone. Surely God's most philosophical beast. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah. The, name. that's the name of the episode. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think most dogs are good people deep down. You know, I would agree. Yeah. Even the, even the ones they train to do naughty shit. Uh, deep down, there's a, there's a sweet little cuddly baby who just wants a belly rub in there. You know, even the ones trained by Nazis. Yeah. Even those ones. Dogs don't get a choice in the political system they're forced into. Mm-hmm. More than we don't, even. Yeah. There was a, there was this dog that was at a lot of the George Floyd protests that I went to, and she always had a little puppy t-shirt on that said, I eat Nazis. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I've always wanted to get that for Finn. But we're going to talk more about Finn later, but, but while I'm on Nazis, uh, did I ever tell you about when Finn bit a cop? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have, but you got to tell I yeah. mean, everybody now. So when I was, this was when I was in college and this was obviously before I got sober and before, you know, the getting the Guinness world record for highest alcohol tolerance. So I had passed out in the stairwell of my, of my on-campus apartment and I woke up to a cop and another student standing over me, asking me questions. There's there's a lot more to this story, but I'm just going to stick with the Finn part. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Uh, Finn's my, my 12-pound chewini, for those of you who don't know. So the cop just wouldn't let me go back into my apartment and sleep it off. He tells me I either go to jail or I go to the drunk tank. Which, if if anybody doesn't know, it's basically somewhere between a psych ward and a jail and understaffed and neglected and they keep you there for at least 24 hours while you sober up i've i i had a psychological little break one time Mm -hmm. and the the ward beds were full but the drunk tank wasn't full so i got to spend the night in there as a sober person and that was a it's a fun place yeah it's a it's like a cyclone of unhappiness Mm -hmm. and we were (laughs) they always had uh shameless playing on the tv and I'm like, this is, a, this is a horrible show. That you couldn't pick a worse. Yeah. yeah. For this. There's so much fucking drug use in that. No, the one I was in, the TV had been broken. Uh, like somebody had thrown a chair at it at some point, I'm great. figuring. But, Makes sense. I saw yeah. a guy um, have a seizure in mine from, from withdrawals. So, yeah, obviously, I, I picked the, the drunk tank over jail. and Yeah, it's still I, the right choice. Yeah, and I was able to convince the cop to let me go back to my room to make sure Finn had enough food and water for a while. And, Will, you know how Finn is with strangers at the door. Yeah. He goes ballistic when he's, he hears a knock at the door. He's ready for blood. And I do just want to pause for a second. You said a, a beautiful phrase that maybe some viewers aren't familiar with. Ev, would you, and viewers say it with me, would you define 
Chihuahua. Yeah, uh, Chihuahua wiener dog. So Chihuahua dachshund mix. He's yep. a perfect little boy. Yep, yep. He, he looks like it. When you think of a Chihuahua, he's pretty much the image that you conjure up in your head. It's goofy looking as it is to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's the bloodthirsty animal we describe. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like almost 100% of the time, the person that's knocking at the door is someone that he loves. Almost always, yeah. <laughs> Almost always, but yeah, or it's male when yeah. they're not coming in. Yeah, yep, yeah. So, anyways, I open the door and the cop goes in first, and Finn just fucking locks onto this cop's ankle like a barracuda. <laughs> I can tell the cop was like pretty rattled by it. He kind of like kicked Finn away, and I grabbed him. Uh, Finn, not the cop. I didn't grab the cop. Thankfully, I'm not a I'm not a punch drunk person. You know, yeah. I've never gotten violent when I'm drunk. Um, not violent when you're sober at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the cop was like, "Don't you dare let him do that again." And, <laughs> yeah. So I gave I gave Finn a little kiss and whispered, "Good job, buddy." And <laughs> I was off to the drunk tank, and that's that's the story of Finn trying to eat a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, but we'll circle back to that little boy at the end here. So let's get started on our doggy heroes. Will and I both came with five stories of dogs that saved the day. We checked the names to make sure we don't have any of the same ones, but outside of that, we don't really know what the other person's bringing to the table. Willie, since I just told one of Finn's most heroic moments, do you want to start us off? I'd love to. All right. I am starting with an all-timer. All right. We're talking Bobby the Wonder Dog. Bobby the Wonder Dog. Bobby was a collie shepherd mix. Uh-huh. Real old, real old boy. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, as far as we know, born in 1921, mm-hmm. passed in 1927, didn't live a good long time, but he was a very busy dog in that period. Mm-hmm. Bobby the Wonder Dog is remembered for having traveled probably the furthest of any individual animal that isn't a migrator. Okay. His family went on vacation from their home in Oregon mm-hmm. to Wolcott, Indiana. Okay. Yeah, great. Everyone loves the vacation in Wolcott, Indiana. (laughs) Yeah, from Silverton, Oregon to Wolcott, Indiana. These places could be made up, but like, it's a drive. Yeah. It's about 3,000, I mean, we'll talk the distance, Uh but they drove out there, stopping at a rest stop every night, and when they got there, spent some time with their family, Mm -hmm. and old Bobby, young Bobby at this point, Uh was attacked by three other dogs and scared away, basically. Okay. And they kept waiting for Bobby to come back to the house. Mm-hmm. But it got to a point where it's like, we got to go. Yeah. You know, we don't know where this dog is. Yeah. If it comes back, our family will be here still. Right. But we got to leave without Bobby. Right. And so they did. They drove back from Indiana to Oregon. Sad. And uh, about six months later, Bobby showed up. In Oregon? Bobby walked from Indiana <laughs> to Oregon. <laughs> Um, if, if Bobby went the straightest path possible, uh-huh. 2,500 miles, <laughs> probably more likely with some wandering. Cause you know, yeah. it's a dog walking from Indiana to Oregon. God. It's probably more like 3,000 miles, Yeah, but he showed up in rough shape. Um, of course. rough he, shape. <laughs> uh, he traveled through the winter. Jesus. So from Indiana went like. Beginning of winter yeah. into the spring of Oregon. Like he's in The Last of Us. Yeah, he yeah. really chose the <laughs> toughest part of the year to wander back. Not that he was given a choice, but like yeah. he couldn't have had much more to go against. And uh, he got back, 
made the news. Everybody was so excited. Uh-huh. Once he got some publication, people started writing in of like, I know Bobby. <laughs> I fed Bobby for a day. <laughs> and so they were able to build a pretty accurate map of how this dog traveled across the country. Oh my God. And what they, you know, as best they can figure, the thing that makes the most sense is that when this family stopped at rest stops on the way to and from, mm-hmm. Bobby was spotted at almost every rest stop they visited. <laughs> he might have actually tracked their smell God across damn. the country. Jeez. I wonder if I wonder if he knew he was going in the right direction the whole time or just like it maybe happened upon their trail. That's the or, thing. Or was just wandering in a straight line for days and ended up close enough to home that he started to recognize where he was. Because... Yeah, 2,500 miles at the shortest. Yeah. I could believe, you know, a dog with a really strong nose, if this family eats something or throws something away or, you know, makes some measure of themselves at every rest stop they stop at every night. A family on a road trip does have a distinct smell. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, a dog that's really into it should be able to catch it. But at the same time, I, I don't know what it is to search by smell, but I feel like if I found the source of a smell, I'm looking for the smell of Ev. Yeah. And I find a pile of Ev socks <laughs> at the rest stop. Yeah. I don't know how smell filters through space enough that your nose could get, go, oh, the next one's 80 miles that way. Yeah. That's still so... <sighs> he, what a What a thing. He could probably tell which direction the smell was heading. But he had to have what about so the, much lost time. Between. What about the wind? Right. If the wind shifts back on you, yeah, it smells like it's going. I mean, maybe dogs know how to smell that difference, but crazy. He did do it apparently. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I would be thrilled if you know six months after I thought Finn died, he came back, <laughs> just showed <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, all sorts of stories about people who took care of him. Apparently he spent a few days in Portland with the woman and was like right. in really rough shape. So she patched him back up and then he made the last like tiny little bit of the journey home. It's just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So smart. So instinctual, probably. Yeah. Not it, even that smart. That His brain has probably taken up a lot of space with, with pri- <laughs> primal instinct versus intelligence. Yeah. Well, I mean, in primal instinct at that point, I, I almost feel like that opposes it. There's a certain level of figure out where you are and make do. Yeah. I remember uh, at my parents' place, we always had bird feeders mm-hmm. and... The squirrels and the chipmunks would wreck them. Mm-hmm. They'd climb up in there and they'd pull them apart. You know, whatever squirrel guard you got, yeah. they're going to fight it. And my dad would get really frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. And so he spent, I want to feel like two summers with a live trap. Yeah. And he would take them and live trap them. And he would drive them out to Hawk Ridge. Uh-huh. <laughs> named for its hawks. <laughs> and he did some research and it was something like, if you take a squirrel or a chipmunk like five miles away or something... Uh-huh. It should still be able to find its way home, but yep. Hawkridge is 15, so we're yeah. probably good. Uh-huh. But, I mean, the thing I kind of wondered about that is, like, if you take an animal five miles more from home and you put it in an environment that it should survive, that is mm-hmm. temperamentally the same, mm-hmm. like, I assume those chipmunks don't just show up there and go, oh, we're fucked and just give up on life yeah. and die. <laughs> they, they probably make it. Yeah. Surely Bobby could have just stopped somewhere. Anywhere. Yeah. If he wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Somebody would have picked him up. It sounds like a few people tried to. Yeah. Like, no, he had to go. Some part of his brain knew where he belonged and he made it. We also had to live trap 
briefly alive trap uh squirrels because they were getting into our attic oh yeah and we knew this you could take squirrels however far you want they're gonna come back and i had to help my dad fucking drown them oh we had we had a pond in the back and it was just i don't know why i had to help with this <laughs> like 10 Gotta years teach you old something of. Well, but he's not that he's not that type of dad mm. you know like he's not the you need to do this to toughen you up kind of dad maybe he just needed somebody to go through it with him probably yeah, yeah. We just put put the little cage in the lake and put a brick on it and oh. come back to it later oh yeah no, I, really brutal i wouldn't i can't imagine the only thing my dad that did that like I mean, doesn't even quite compare to that level, but there was one chipmunk that he was sure was the same one coming back. Uh-huh. And so I just thought of another story about this, but there's this one chipmunk. And he's like, I think it's the same one. Mm-hmm. And so the the time he caught it, where he's like, I know this is the same one. He didn't like try to go for the face, but he just took a little can of spray paint and like spray painted <laughs> the back half of it yeah. red. So if it showed up again, like we'd yeah. know. I think I said to him, like, don't you think that's going to make it no- more noticeable for the hawk uh-huh. if we bring it back to Hawk Ridge? Like, yeah. And he just had this little smile. And I, like, <laughs> this is a devious little smile. Like, you're right. <laughs> just paint a little target on his back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there was another time with the live trap where he, uh, he caught one, put it in the back of his truck, was going to let it go because he worked pretty close to Hawk Ridge. Yeah. And uh, just kind of forgot about it back there because when they're in the oh, truck, no. no, 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 not like not that bad. Okay, forgot about it back there, as in like it sat through the day. Uh-huh. And so when he went and he brought the, it was the company truck. Yeah, he brought the company truck to a car wash to get it, you know, washed yeah. and then the inside detail. Yeah, like uh, they called him, sir. Do we, what do you want us to do with the squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> was it still alive? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine back That's there. Funny. He just completely forgot about it before he dropped it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a first for that employee, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Detail in somebody's truck, there's a live squirrel in the back yeah. of the cage. Uh, <laughs> Sweep around it. <laughs> Very northern Minnesota. Yeah. 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 Uh, before I forget here, there's pictures of all 10 of our pups that we're talking about today on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for this episode labeled in order uh if yeah if you want to follow along and see those cute little fuzzy faces we're at late night lobotomies and e try on seven seven because yeah we're talking about so many fluffy guys it's important to know what they look like yeah yeah i mean one of the best parts of a dog is petting Mm -hmm. or imagining petting a dog got to yeah well all right my first dog i'm gonna tell you about Ginny the schnauzer Ginny the schnauzer from long island Jenny the Schnauzer. Yeah, it's pronounced Long Island, not Long Island, Long Island. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was when I was looking for a dog before I got Finn, miniature Schnauzer was at the top of my list, but I'm happy that I settled for Finn. But Will, you and I are mostly dog people. We like cats, but I'm mildly allergic. You're moderately allergic. Yeah. But that doesn't keep us from loving the little babies. Still, we just. Have to love them from a little more of a distance. I love other people's cats yes. so much. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, when you don't have to clean out the litter box. Oh, right. I still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out the last living situation when my uh, <laughs> when my my stinky roommate decided that not cleaning the litter box meant his room shouldn't stink, so he put it next to the vent to my room. Oh, that's great. So I got to. I knew when they were fresh. Oh. God, that's disgusting. Yeah. I'm so happy you live here. Me too. <laughs> yeah. But Ginny the Schnauzer also loved cats. 
I uh, I have a feeling that a lot of this episode is going to make me sad because so many brave dogs have have horrible upbringings. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if we'll see if I can make it through this without crying. Mine, my, my I'll, I'll avoid those for you. You don't have to. No, you don't. No, have no, to I like them. Mine don't. Mine are pretty good. Good. We got. Good. Uh, yeah, maybe 50 50 if all yours are rough. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, they're rough? not. all. Yeah, they're not all rough, rough. But uh, Ginny was found in the closet of an empty apartment with her three puppies. They were all underweight. They were mangy. They were sick. But thankfully, they went to a no-kill shelter, and they were able to make a great recovery. Uh, People who run no-kill shelters are heroes in this story, too. Yeah. Like, if you ever need a dog, or if you find a dog and you need to bring it somewhere... Or if you just have a bunch of money that, like, you don't know what you need, Yeah. but you can give something right now and you want to feel good. Oh, yeah. Throw some money in no-kill shelter way. Yeah. Definitely. Anything you can to support them. Yeah. Vets, uh, vets are up there with dentists in terms of suicide rates. And I think that constantly having to kill dogs as part of your nine to five probably contributes to that a lot. Yeah. I know. But anyways, a man named Philip Gonzalez adopted Ginny so they could help each other with their depression. And it took a while for her to adjust to life with a loving, caring owner, as it often does. But one day they were on a walk and... Ginny found her purpose in life, Will. She took off into, you know those, like, water runoff pipes that, like, run underneath people's driveways? Yeah. Yeah, so she took off into one of those and came out leading five stray kittens who were also underweight, mangy, and sick, just like her puppies were. Yeah. Uh, On their next long walk, she finds more cats. And the one after that, she finds even more. And eventually, Ginny's full-time job is rescuing cats in Long Island. (laughs) Yeah. She would find them almost every time they were out on walks. And she would lead strays home where, you know, Philip either brought them to shelters or just put food and water out for them if they were, if they, you know, preferred to live outside. She'd, uh, yeah, she'd search alleyways, dumpsters, abandoned buildings, construction sites, and would almost always find some abandoned cats that needed a family oh yeah and you know i don't i don't know this for a fact will and i'll I'll actually fact check this but long island seems like the type of place to be filled with stray cats yeah (laughs) yeah that sounds right yeah did the movie cats take place in long island i think the story of cats exists in its own world cool i don't remember exactly because there's so much mythology and lore and nonsense to it that like it's like cars (laughs) yeah kind of yeah yeah it's like this is definitely like a world yeah 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 but anyways by the end of Ginny's life she had helped rescue over 900 cats (sighs) yeah crazy every day at 4 30 a.m hundreds of Ginny's cats that she had met in town would show up for their breakfast every fucking day so sweet. And animal behaviorists think that because Ginny couldn't keep her own litter safe and fed and healthy that she was overcompensating for that when she had the opportunity to. <laughs> Isn't that so sweet? That's crazy. Yeah. That an animal could have the capacity to overcompensate. Yeah. Yeah. Ginny knows that you should always adopt. Yeah. But yeah. Rest in peace, Ginny. She passed away about 10 years ago. Oh, she's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a little angel. All right, that was my first one, Will. All right. All my dogs are coming straight out of the past. Straight out of the past. We're talking Yofi the Chow Chow. Yofi? Yofi. Yofi. Spelled J-O-F-I. Cool. Came into uh, 
came into her owner's possession in 1928. Okay. Uh, she's the first therapy dog. Oh. That owner was Sigmund Freud. Really? Yeah. He had a, a number of dogs in his life. He was a big dog guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Yofi was the one that would come with him to therapy. She was just very helpful, he found. Um, she He could always like gauge where his patient was going to be. Because mm-hmm. if the patient was more on the depressed side of things, you know, if you would usually, you know, cuddle up close and be available for petting. And if they were anxious, you'd kind of keep her distance, but mm-hmm. always just sat there silently, non-judgmentally, kind of put a calmer energy into the yeah. room. And uh, <laughs> one of the funny things I found noted about her is he appreciated her for her timekeeping because <laughs> at about 50 minutes consistently, she would <laughs> yawn, get up and walk to the door. <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah. You got to make sure you're... You're billing for the correct hours. <laughs> yeah, dogs have their schedule. She she knew what she was doing on some degree. That's funny. Yeah, that's a you know when you when your therapist slaps their knees and goes, well, you know that's how you know he got about five minutes left. <laughs> oh, for me that's like you got twelve seconds. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you gotta go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. We could talk a lot about Freud, but we're talking dogs. Yeah, and it's uh, I think it almost just kind of makes sense that. You know, there's back to the, the the last philosophy episode just a little. There's mm-hmm. so much comfort that comes in religion mm-hmm. and like that kind of peace and understanding. And throughout history, we've seen so many dogs and cats and household critters that, you know, make life better, mm-hmm. get kind of glorified and maybe even deified. And I like that when we shift from like, well, you got to pray your demons away mm-hmm. to maybe your demons are things we can sort out because they're more tangible than that. Yeah. Dogs have just kind of continued to go with it. Yeah, like, yeah, we're here to help. We're dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they evolve with us. Yeah, uh, I mean they they always we always find a place for them in our society. Yeah, I like the the theory that it was just you know wolves watching people eat. Yeah, came and stuck around, got fed, and it yeah. just has gotten weirder from there because now we have <laughs> you know from wolves to chewinies. Yeah, it was just one really stupid wolf that happened to to procreate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some kind of some kind of choice was made that got that wolf to come over there mm-hmm. and I don't know how he feels about his ancestors exist or his <laughs> his uh his offspring, I guess, yeah. existing as Boston terriers today. Yeah. But it's on him. Yeah, a lot of breeds have gone too far. You know, we need to stop doing the the really short-nosed ones that can't breathe. Yeah. That would be fun. We don't need to kill the ones that are around. No, no, no. But we but... can stop breeding them. Yeah. Or, you know, just start breeding the nose out again. Like, yeah. If we're going to have a hand in this at all, we could do it for the health of our animals. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Was that it for your second one? Yeah. Not a all whole right. lot of info on Yofi. She she was yeah. there. <laughs> the therapy dog. Yeah. All right. So my second one. Will, you know what the most absurd thing about our absurdism episode was? What was that? I didn't mention 9-11. You didn't. I didn't. It was your episode, and I didn't want to step on any toes. But here we are, a week later. Shoot, I feel kind of <laughs> bad about it. Even never forget. Yeah, so this nine eleven. Never forget. You say it. Yeah, never forget. I never do. <laughs> not for n- not for more than thirty seconds. A day. Really absurd. We forgot <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this tale of the twin towers is about a dog named Roselle, which mm. is suspiciously close to roswell (gasps) coincidence i think so (laughs) yeah maybe probably classic bush administration waving the truth right under our noses thinking we're not gonna smell it okay now you convinced me actually Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so roselle was a seeing eye dog for her blind owner michael 
who worked on the 78th floor of the World Trade Center, or the WTC as we call it in the business. The business of casual conspiracy thought. Wizards of the Coast? <laughs> so when American Airlines Flight 11 crashed into the building some 15 floors above them, the 78th floor turned into complete chaos. They can see flaming pieces of paper falling like snow. I have to imagine they eventually saw people jumping from floors above them. Smoke is pouring out of the stairwells and elevator shafts. Sprinklers are going off. Fire alarms are going off. People are screaming at the top of their lungs. And all the while, Roselle is calmly leading her owner and 30 other people down 1,500 steps, stopping only to wag her tail and ask for scratches from the firemen going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. to put the conspiracy jokes aside for a sec, so many firemen laid down their lives you know, on 9-11. And I can honestly say that if I was running into a burning skyscraper that was about to collapse... Seeing a dog do the like scrunched up little smile thing and wag yeah. their entire butt would would let me die happy. You know, it's probably the last interaction a lot of these firefighters had. At least, yeah, that was, you know, one of Ernest just, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, uh, they got out of Tower 1 just as Tower 2 collapsed, which shot debris everywhere, including all over Michael and Roselle. And even then... Roselle stayed calm. Finn Finn flips out when I put deodorant on because he knows that I'm leaving. And yeah. this dog is just like, eh, it's a 9-11. No big deal. <laughs> We've all been here. Yeah. yeah. There was a, a woman next to them who was blinded by debris. And Roselle was like, I got this. This is, this is my thing. This is what I do. And she helps both Michael and the woman to the subway station, and they all got home safely. Damn. Yeah. Michael's previous uh, C&I dog lived at home because uh, she was old and she retired, and the two dogs just played around the rest of the day like it was just another day on the job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a hero, this dog. There was a lot of dog heroes in the cleanup of 9-11, too. Yeah. They, um, they used dogs to locate bodies in the rubble, and... Get this, well, this is one of, like, the saddest, most heartbreaking things about 9-11. The dogs were so depressed from only finding dead bodies that rescue workers would go lay down in the rubble so that the dogs could, could find, find, alive could one. find li people alive still. Yeah. <sighs> I remember reading that one, too, and that was, that's one of those, like, oh, yeah, this is a metal lyric somehow. Yeah. There's got to be some way to turn this into, like, uh, kind of material. Yeah. That's just uh, dire. It's rough. Rough, rough, rough. Rough, rough, rough. rough, rough. Sometimes <laughs> you've got to be just willing to pretend to be alive for your animals. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, Will, I did not go into this list of dogs looking for a 9-11 story. Of okay. course not. I happened upon it in my research, just like every other episode. No, I will say, yeah, I when we were both talking about we got to pick these dogs and, you know, we'll let each other know just enough so that we don't pick the same ones. Mm hmm I made sure to avoid every 9-11 dog I Good. saw just because I had to let you have it. <laughs> There's there was a lot of them on those lists. Yeah. For sure. For sure. 9-11 was a big day. It was. It was a big day. You could say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. What's All your right. next one? We're talking Smokey the Yorkie. Smokey the Yorkie. Smokey the Yorkie. Ooh. So during World War II, Smokey's uh -huh. uh, life 
believed to be somewhere between 1943 for birth and okay. passed away, passing away in 1957. Okay. Lived a good little while. Yeah. Smokey was found by American troops in a foxhole. Just kind of walked out of the woods in uh, in New Guinea okay. during World War II. <laughs> and uh, they figured initially she must have been, you know, Japanese troops. Yeah. But she didn't respond to commands in Japanese or in English. Huh. So maybe a local native's yeah. dog. But And, you know, Yorkie's famously good listeners. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, though Smokey was a good dog. Yeah. Smokey uh, ended up, if I remember the story correctly, Smokey was traded to one of the kind of commanding officers for the equivalency of about $6. And the trade went down so that the the soldier, you know, trading, kind of making the deal, needed 6 bucks to be able to stay in the poker game that night. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so at that point, you know, she was not an official military dog, mm-hmm. which meant that as far as that, like, troop had it, there were no official dog supplies. Mm. She got to share the spam with them, Cute. and they didn't have any booties for running across the sand and the coral. <laughs> um, but she never got sick. She never uh-huh. had a bad time. She's just out there. She's just h- hanging out with the troops. Yeah. With her band of brothers. They built her a mini parachute and tossed her off the tree once. <laughs> about a 30-foot drop. Did that it, went great. It worked great. <laughs> yeah. Um, she went on 12 combat missions. Okay. And uh, w- again, not being an official, like... Military dog mm-hmm. was apparently awarded eight battle stars. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it, there's a story from the guy who owned her that on the deck of a ship one day, he thinks she heard the mortar coming down and she like barked to have him crouch next to her, mm-hmm. and he survived. But the six guys standing next to him were all killed by it. Jeez. Um. Yeah, this... dogs. This is it's part of uh, not my next one, but the one after that. But yeah, do- you know how artillery shells like whistle, like yeah. when they're dropping in a in a cartoon when a bomb is falling. Uh, dogs can hear that way sooner than we can, you know, because of just such a high frequency. And they can, uh, yeah, they can be trained to warn us. I, oh, I'm gonna share this story, even though I'm failing to remember the details. I think it was my dad's uncle, um, but he was in Vietnam. Mm. And my, just on vacation or what? Uh, in active service. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, I'm I'm doing my best to remember this story, but I'll just tell it as best I like the details I do know yeah. from my dad's telling of it. But he never really talked about his experience in the war much. It wasn't hmm. something he liked to talk about. How uncharacteristic. Yeah. Well, this is a good number of years ago, <laughs> and uh, there was one night at a family gathering where he just started talking about how it, during the war. He and all of his buddies were sitting around the fire playing cards. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty normal night, just sitting there like always. Mm-hmm. And then they heard a whistle. And they all heard it. And they all just kind of dove under the first thing they could get to to get under. Yeah. And he got underneath the truck. Mm-hmm. And it came down right into the fire and went off a mortar oh. did. And uh, he concluded this story with, I was the only one who survived. And those fuckers owed me 20 bucks. Jeez. And then he just kind of smiled and sat there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the family kept moving. But I've talked to a handful of Vietnam vets, and, and that's typically the approach. Yeah. You know, there's there's one guy at work that it seems like he has to brag about it to be able to talk about it. Yeah. You know, the, the <laughs> how else do you reckon with putting a grenade in a in a Vietnamese soldier's mouth and pulling the pin and walking away. Is that one of them? Yeah. Oof. Yep. He was bragging him, but he was laughing about that one. Oh, uh-huh. 
I think maybe your read is a little too generous, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's I'm not I'm not trying to be generous. No, him. yeah, I'm just yeah. Saying that, like that. Oh, to, you mean like he, he is just proud of it, not like yeah. he's trying to process it. No, Fair enough. yeah, he's yeah. I think he's just proud of it because you can't process it if you're not. You know, that's too horrible of a thing to be able to be like, eh, I just did. You know, yeah. you have to be either remorseful or proud of it. Yeah. But, and who knows if he actually fucking did that. You know, that's a really yeah. extreme thing to do. That could just be and, some, I'm cooler, these kids play yeah. video games. I don't know. Yeah. I, I had a, a substitute teacher, not too frequently, but growing up, who was a Vietnam vet. And mm-hmm. he, like, he was the nicest guy. He was missing a few fingers. But mm-hmm. if you asked, he'd tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And everybody always asked, where'd your fingers go? And every finger had a story. <laughs> um I just remember him telling us one story, the one that really stuck with me of they had like the camp looked like it was abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a military camp and they were opening up the doors and throwing grenades into the structures just to blow them up. Yeah. And they'd been doing this all day and he came and the way that these structures were built is there's a front door and a back door Mm -hmm. and one guy would be at the back door. One guy would be at the front door and the front door guy would throw the grenade in and the back door guy would watch. Mm -hmm. And he came to one of the structures, pulled the pin, threw open the door, and didn't see anything. It was just dark in there. Mm-hmm. But he just had this feeling go through him of, not this one. Yeah. And he put the pin back in, and he went in there with a light, and it was just a bunch of kids. Ugh. And, yeah, I. <laughs> that's one of those stories yeah. that as a fourth grader just kind of sticks with you. Of like, oh, I don't... Yeah. I don't know about this war thing. There's there's a lot of soldiers who didn't put that pin back in the grenade. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, as he tells it, he had no idea other than just the sneaking f- suspicion. And yeah. the way he talked about those stories always was kind of of the mindset of like, that wasn't right, but we had, I was there, right. and I did, did what I did. Yeah. yeah, not a lot of pride, but a lot of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these guys end up really hating the government. <laughs> yeah, because of it, you know. I we had a guy that a couple of Vietnam vets come talk at our school, and and the guy was talking about how horrible the government is because. He got hit by our own artillery shells. Yeah. You know, his his troop was, you know, up further than they thought that they were. And they just fired and, you know, people, people fucking died. <laughs> and he got injured because, you know, military laziness. And not to say, like, that's on you and your guys by any means. But mm-hmm. just we all got to remember that is the point of war. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to happen to you and your guys, your job is to do that to their guys yep. who are just like you. Yep. Poor and needing something to get paid for and maybe yeah. with some sense of nationalism after having it beaten into them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Okay. Yeah. Let's... So, uh, back to Smokey the Yorkie yes. in World War II. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, after getting out of the war, was a major entertainer, went on all kinds of TV shows and nice. did all kinds of tricks. Um, <laughs> the last note that, I don't know, feel about this however you want... The the family the 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 commander who bought her and had her her entire life um, when she passed living in Ohio so she made it from New Guinea to Ohio uh-huh. and they buried her in a bo- a World War II thirty cal ammo box <laughs> and I I think that's great I think that's great there's something really goofy about it to me just a little like this cute tiny little dog coffin for the dog who's seen and done it all. <laughs> I, don't I know. love that. It's just weird. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she was a little. She was a little. A little bomb. You know. Yeah. She was a little bullet of her own. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah. Uh, our secret weapon, you know. A Yorkie. Yeah, <laughs> World War Three. they gotta go dig her up. <laughs> <laughs> Unveil Weapon X. <laughs> they got a, the ghost of Smokey the Yorkie in Expendables yeah. 8. Uh, I imagine it's like the end of Indiana Jones, you know, where she just gets filed away in a huge, <laughs> <laughs> huge warehouse full of boxes. <laughs> Indy, Indy grabs a box of ammo because the Nazis are yeah. coming, shooting. <laughs> And he grabs the box and flings it open, and there's just a Yorkie smiling at him in there. He throws it at the Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Go, Smokey! (laughs) Sick balls! Alright, was that it for Smokey? That's that's, that's enough for Smokey. Alright, my next fluffy hero. Well, some of the most heartwarming videos that I see online are dogs and babies who love each other. You know, like a like an old gray German Shepherd who just snuggles up with a baby and is all protective of them. So cute, Finn. I don't. Finn would never bite a baby. You know, he he and my niece got along great when they were both babies. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's a gentleman. He'll he'll wait until a kid is a good four years old before he'll bite them. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I wonder how he draws that line. I wouldn't want to risk it either way. He just doesn't really like fuck with things that are his size. You know, like he's he's always been cool with cats and small dogs, yeah, babies. You know, there's been a few small dogs outside, but that might just be the larger attachment on the leash end. Yeah, of them. and and there's a person. With That's them. what I mean. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. This story is about a little baby named Finn, but oh. this baby Finn is an actual baby, a human oh. baby, and his best friend and protector, Killian, the black lab German Shepherd mix. Killian and Finn's parents like to go out a lot. They, they, they're getting out there. They're keeping that spark alive in their marriage. And they've been using the same 22-year-old babysitter named Alexis Khan since the baby was first born. He was about seven months old at this time. Killian is such a good boy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's very sweet. He's a friendly dog. He couldn't hurt a fly. So the parents knew that something was up when Killian started growling and barking at the babysitter. He would pace back and forth in front of Finn and growl at Alexis if she got too close to the baby too fast and even attacked her on one occasion. Had Mm. to be held back from attacking her on multiple occasions too. So the family is thinking, okay, the babysitter is probably just not being nice to the dog. She's trained as a babysitter, not a dog sitter. Understandable. Shitty thing to do, though, so it's got to stop. Yeah. So they decide that they need to get some proof before they can jump straight to firing her. So the next time that they leave the house, one of them hits record on their phone and hides it under the couch. And they thought that they would hear yelling at the dog, but instead they heard Alexis screaming at Finn, the baby, calling him horrible names, yelling at him to shut the fuck up, and the sound of her slapping and shaking the baby. Oh my god. Yeah. And who was there plotting his revenge the whole time, Will? Good old Killian. Kill him. Who not only ratted on Alexis, but the family just straight up had to hold Killian back with all their might to keep this dog from taking a chunk out of this bitch's face. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have a hard time holding back. Yeah. I I wish the parents came home and Killian is just like sitting there with a bib and a big old tummy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Covered in blood. (laughs) Yeah. So the kiddo got checked out at the hospital and and thankfully didn't have any lasting injuries. And Alexis was charged with and pled guilty to assault and battery. 
served the maximum of uh, three years and was placed on the National Child Abuser Registry. What yeah. would that's yeah. So I don't much. want to speculate on it because it's just going to be the saddest thing in the world. Yeah. I'm sure there's like something deeply wrong with her, but what makes you want to be a babysitter and do that? Right, and she had been a babysitter for a long time too. She had a clean background check. Her yeah. references were good. Yeah. So shouts out to Killian, like, because really, like, who knows how many other kids he saved by by trying to fuck this bitch up? Yeah. You know, he's he's probably a lifesaver too. You can't just go shaking babies like that. Yeah, you know, their babies are really easy to kill. Yeah, yeah, they're they're little things. Trust, yeah, trust us. We covered Hellraiser nine in October. You can kill a baby pretty easy and for no reason whatsoever. And off screen, and yeah. just for the sake of your shitty awful movie. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, Killian went on to be a therapy dog after that. <laughs> this little guy saving well, lives all over the place. But I think this is an important uh, an important point that this story makes. Uh, don't trust people who your dog doesn't trust, <laughs> you know, like, um, I, except for me, because I can't get through life trusting only like 10 people, but yeah, and don't trust nobody. No, not at all. But I think straight ladies, especially if, if you bring a guy home and your dog is not fucking with him, you, you tell that man to go home. It's time to go home, but you don't need to be fucking a guy whose DNA smells evil. <laughs> you know? And if you're one of those people like me who... Claims that your dog just doesn't like men. Take an afternoon and, and think about what type of boys you're hanging around with in life. You know when your dog is looking at you going, Really? This guy? This guy's who you invited over? But, yeah, okay. That was the tale of Killian, the baby-saving lab. I'm glad that uh, you brought that up as far as, you know, dogs have this judgment and we should trust it. Because now I'm going to talk about my favorite member of the White House. Oh, yeah? Well, former member. <laughs> Talking Commander Biden. Commander Biden. Commander Biden is a German shepherd who entered the White House on in uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. He was uh, not the first German shepherd that the Biden family brought to the White House. Yeah. Major was there before. Mm-hmm. But Major kept biting people. Hell yeah. So he got sent to live with some friends out of state. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, as that's, far as we know, that's actually true. That's but... what they do with enemies of the state. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, are... in, he's in fucking <laughs> Abu Ghraib. <laughs> he's getting tortured. I <laughs> know, oh, I like to imagine he's he is the torture. <laughs> he trains he's... his dog to bite people <laughs> in the White House. Prestigious biter. Yeah. That's um, great. But yeah, Commander uh, Commander has since been removed from the White House late last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has an admitted 11 reported bites. All right. Though there's a lot of sources that would imply that that number is probably <laughs> a great deal higher. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't really want to go, excuse me, Mr. President. I don't, I know you got a busy day, but. Uh... So here's, I, like, part of the reason I picked this is just getting into it of like, what is the deal here? What, what is, who gets to say what as regards to how this all works out? Yeah. Because like. All right, you had one dog that bit people, so you got a different dog that keeps biting people. Yeah. And there's some stuff that, like, due to the free information, like, place we live in with a lot of White House reports, these aren't like, oh, he nipped somebody on the hand. (laughs) There's one where it's like, he clamped down on somebody's thigh. (laughs) This would have killed Mitch McConnell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, invite Mitch over. (laughs) Yeah. That's why the commander's there. I'll change, I'll change my... 2024 bingo thing to Mitch McConnell dies at the hands of Commander Biden. <laughs> that one's getting tougher now, just because yeah. he's not in the house, but he's a, he's alive. Uh-huh. So yeah, 
<laughs> he just keeps biting members of the Secret Service. And the way that it checks out is that the dogs are the responsibility of the Biden family. Yeah. Secret Service has to work around them. They are not to be in charge or expected to be in charge of these animals. Okay. So, like, the Obama dogs, mm -hmm. those were the Obama dogs. Yeah. They didn't cause issues like this. Beautiful dogs. Very cute dogs. Mm -hmm. The Biden dogs, this is on Joe and Jill. Mm -hmm. They gotta be fixing their shit. And they just keep getting different dogs from friends that bite people. Yeah. So, looking into what Secret Service can do about it and how all of this has gone... The Republicans have had an answer. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was a, a Republican rep from uh, North Carolina was trying to, was sending out letters to Joe himself, Joe Biden, mm -hmm. and then like the federal employee directors <laughs> of like, hey, this is a health and safety violation. Yeah. Like these are federal employees. Thousands <laughs> of people potentially work here and are being bit by animals. <laughs> what are we doing about that? Yeah. And so some people are like, well, you can invoke OSHA. And you look into that, it's like, apparently OSHA doesn't, like, OSHA is something you got to agree to. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know if OSHA can have jurisdiction over the White House. They literally don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, unless the White House says, come on in and do it, uh -huh. they don't. And they're not gonna. <laughs> and so then, like, looking into it a little further, a lawyer is saying, all right, so here's the deal. If you're a federal employee being bitten by one of the president's dogs... You can file for workman's comp, mm -hmm. but because of all these protections around being the president and how this shit works out, that's all you can do. You could never actually sue him for this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, if dogs have uh, if dogs have some sense of who bad people are, the shepherds in the White House are just yeah popping off left and right. I think maybe the White House is full of some unsavory folks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That could be going yeah. too far. But I just, I'm not a big fan of the Bidens or the, the, the government in general, I don't think. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's, what's worse is, you know, I think that Trump could honestly, like, sick a, a German shepherd on Greta Thunberg or something and get away with it, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, because then he'd be showing how strong a demand he is. Yes, against yeah. that teenage girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh... I don't think... Did he have dogs? I don't think he had any pets I don't in the think, White House. No, I think he was one of the first ones not to. Yeah. Well, we'll fact check that to be sure, but yeah, I, I think that... I remember that kind of being a thing. That, like, don't trust this man. He's not entering the White House with a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah... I don't know. They're all crooks. Yeah, their dogs aren't, though. No, Commander's out here doing the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could bite people at the White House. <laughs> I keep trying, but... Yeah. It, I'm amazed that they keep letting you come home. They just keep shooting at my feet. Yeah. Well, you're quick. I am quick with my gesture shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ready for my next one? Hit me. Okay. So, uh, I tried to avoid doing, like, police and military dogs, because it usually makes me sad. Because a lot of police and military dogs die. Yeah. Um, but when I saw the name Sergeant Stubby, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Sergeant Stubby is a strong one. Stubby. Uh, he was a decorated World War One veteran. He is the only dog to ever hold the rank of Sergeant. <laughs> and that wasn't his name. His name was Stubby. He was a Sergeant. And the military he... is a very serious thing. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he was the most uh, decorated war dog in American history. He's a mutt, but he kind of looks like a cross between like a pit bull and a Boston Terrier. Again, check our Instagram at Late Night Lobotomies if you want to see what these good boys look like. 
So Stubby had a pretty simple origin. He was a stray, and he just kind of showed up, much like uh, much like Smokey, just wandered out of the woods onto the Yale campus one day. And this was at the beginning of World War One. So soldiers were training at Yale, and the soon-to-be sergeant just kind of yeah wandered out of the woods, started hanging out, catching some vibes, participating in drills. You know, this U.S. military thing seems like a good idea. I think I'll join y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, they named him Stubby because his tail was clipped. Hmm. And yeah, I hate when they do that to pit bulls. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, the military though does snatch up a lot of people in college. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people in high school too, but anyway. So he trains with these soldiers who are preparing to deploy to France, and when they were gonna leave, a private hid Stubby in the cargo uh, on on the ship they were taking, and a commander did find Stubby. And while he was deciding how he was gonna get rid of this dog, Sergeant Stubby gave him a salute, <laughs> and and from then. And from, <laughs> <laughs> and, and from then on, you know, he's one of the boys. The so the soldiers. Yo, the, the, bro, <laughs> look at this dog. He saluted me. Right? Can you fucking imagine? Like you're, you find a dog tucked behind some crates. And you make eye contact with it, and it makes eye contact with you, and it's awkward, and you don't know what to do. And you know, you're the commander. You shouldn't have a dog here, and it fucking salutes you. <laughs> <laughs> The military is a very serious thing. So funny. But yeah, I guess the the soldiers had trained uh, Stubby to salute. You know, like when a dog like rubs its yeah. eyes, kind of, he just raised one arm and gave a little salute when... Uh, Can't be too much tougher than teaching him to shake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. So they get, to, they get to France and Sergeant Stubby heads straight for the front line with the rest of the 102nd Infantry Regiment. And this little chunky monkey was just fucking fighting in the trenches. And I mean, like, fighting in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. I think World War One is the last war in U.S. history that I'd ever want to fight in. And now you're just fucking mucking around in trenches. And oh, it's the most horrific war ever, losing, maybe. Yeah. For, world, for American history. Yeah, you're fucking losing your feet to gangrene and... There's chemical oh, warfare, there's fucking rats crawling in and out of your buddy's eye sockets. I thought you, when you said it was the last war you'd want to fight in, I thought you meant like every war after somehow seemed worse to be Oh, no. no. No, yeah, no, I, no, I get yeah. what you're saying. No, it's, yeah. It's a, no, yeah, World War One was quite literally the pits. Yeah, no, if you were lucky, you know, you'd peek your head out of the trench for half a second and get the top of your head blown off. Yeah. But I would rather do world war one with a dog than vietnam without a dog though i will say that checks out yeah i do i'd rather do most things with a dog mm-hmm. yeah so okay they say most dogs are as smart as like a two to three year old human child but let me tell you will i don't think that i've ever met a two or three year old who could do the stuff that sergeant stubby could do hit me yeah so here's some of his accomplishments germans right very distinct smell of sauerkraut and bratwurst and at this time probably some almost ripe fascism you know. stinking like schnitzel yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, stubby saw a man in a regular army u.s army outfit but he listened to his nose and as his obituary states stubby bounded out of the trenches and recognized german Yes, he caught a German spy, and it was catching that spy that got him bumped up to Sergeant 
and local women made him this dope jacket from a chamois hide, which is like a alpine antelope goat kind of thing. I'm happy I looked up how to say that because it's spelled C-H-A-M-O-I-S. And I had about four different ways of saying it. Chamois. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and chamois was none of them. Fair. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, he has this sick jacket now, and he's just covered in medals. They love giving this dog medals. They're giving this dog medals right and left. Who doesn't love saying good boy? Yeah, right? Good boy. Yeah. So, he was on the, the front lines for 18 months. Damn. He was a part of four offensives and 17 battles. He and the platoon were stuck in the trenches for an entire month and like, I mean, stuck in the trenches. Bullets yeah. bullets firing overhead constantly, day and night, without a stop. You can't stick your hand up without it getting blown off. And so like, you know, when you get pinned down in a video game and all you can do is wait for the guy to have to reload. Yeah. It's like that, but it's real and the guy doesn't reload for a month. Because he's got four buddies and they coordinate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, all you can do is just sit there and fucking rot in the mud. Yeah. It's disgusting. So gross. You would never be dry. Like your feet, your feet just fall off. Your feet die after just sitting in mud for a month. Ugh. But he was able, like I mentioned earlier, he's able to hear artillery shells before the soldiers could. And he was, he was able to alert them when to duck and cover. So save it so many lives just doing that or helping people from, you know, shrapnel injuries and stuff. He helped locate uh, dead and wounded soldiers in no man's land. Ooh. He got wounded by a German grenade, got patched up and went back to the front lines as soon as he could. Will, <laughs> you're a fellow gamer. Yeah. You, you can conjure up that type of grenade in, in your mind right away too, right? Yeah. The German ones, the stick ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? He got mustard gassed and lived, and when he recovered from that, he got his very own custom gas mask. And now that he, you know, tangoed with some mustard gas, he knew what it was, and he could warn his brothers, his brothers in arms, Damn. before it came. You know, there, like, World War One, there had to be mustard gas somewhere on the battlefield at almost all times. And, you know, the wind decides where it's going and how fast. So having yeah. a head start on it had to save countless lives. Mustard gas is a really fucking nasty thing it, It's to do. It it melts yeah. your insides, essentially. Pretty literally, yeah. It just wears them away into yeah. goop. Ugh. You are, you're not going to get better from mustard gas wounds after a certain point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, God. Worst war to fight in. Yeah. It's, I mean, but like... As compared to the fun wars to fight in. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, Vietnam was a blast, Yeah, <laughs> as we mentioned. Yeah, but uh, as old Salamanca would say, Will, Sergeant Stubby was a real old bastard. Yeah. You know? And this old bastard survived the entire Great War. He Good boy. Yeah, he beat those Germans into submission and they're never coming back. Nope. Never. Yeah, he returned home a hero. And... World War One was so great, why isn't there a sequel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the only dog I talked about today that is legally a hero. You know, if you lived in America, your town probably had a parade led by Sergeant Stubby. And if it didn't, it probably had a parade that Sergeant Stubby was in. This is just fucking nationwide tour. He won even more medals. He met 
Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, and Warren G. Harding. Do you think he tried to bite any of them? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Everybody forgets about old Warren G. Harding. Well, not Sergeant Stubby, though. No. Not Sergeant Stubby. He died in his sleep in 1926, smothered by an ambitious German art student. <laughs> he knew there was only one way he had a chance of winning and it didn't involve stubby being there yeah his uh his obituary was half of a page in the new york times yeah why not yeah yeah like 15 paragraphs when people have to pay so much money to get grandma like four sentences yeah you know Okay, that's going on the fact checklist, too. We'll see how much obituaries cost. See, especially if we can figure out how much it was in the 20s. Yes, yeah. Fact check coming in two weeks. Hell yeah. Very soon. Yeah. Dang. I think two weeks, maybe three. We are flying through episodes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Today, well, you can go see Sergeant Stubby for yourself. He's taxidermied <gasps> in the Smithsonian. I wonder if I have them. Oh, you've been to the Smithsonian? I have. I bet you have. Do you know which part of it he's in? Uh, it just said Smithsonian National History okay. Museum. Okay, fair enough. So I don't know if that's the full title or if that's an area of the museum. Yeah, that's probably just the full title. Because like Air and Space has some military stuff, but I feel like there's also more designated military stuff somewhere else. Because I wouldn't put him in with like the savanna animals or nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you put him next to the uh, to the space shuttle. Yeah, uh. gotta put him somewhere. Uh-huh. Right. All right, yeah, that is the heroic Sergeant Stubby. Godspeed, Thank Stubby. you. Good boy. Mm-hmm. All right, you have one more, buddy? I do. I'm going to talk a little bit about my own dog. Yeah, we're getting to our own dogs here at the end. The dogs we know the best, uh-huh. the most heroic to our own lives. Oh, so much so. I uh, I have a, a Gordon Setter named Aggie. She lives with my parents. Mm-hmm. She's their dog, but she's my dog, so yeah. it's, you know, it's this nice little circle. Yeah. But she is, I think, eight years old now. Mm-hmm. Got long black hair, got those brown eyebrows. She's soft like satin. Just mm. the sweetest dog. She's very aloof. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like to sit and cuddle. But she'll show <laughs> up every minute, every minute or two, just to like check in on you. Yeah, maybe get a scratch and yeah. then disappear. Just do a drive by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a very drive by kind of dog. Uh-huh. She likes to lay in the most incredibly uncomfortable positions. Mm-hmm. I've never known a dog to work so hard to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if I taught her that, uh-huh. but she's got some kind of weirdness to her brain. But she's she's got a lot of kind of weirdness to her brain. She doesn't do it as much as she used to, mm-hmm. but especially when she met people, her thing was, if you got down and low with her, which she'd want you to do, mm-hmm. she'd take her lips... And push him into your lips. <laughs> and not to lick you. She's not yeah. a she's not a kisser. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. <laughs> people would come over and she would just she's like bo- a magnet. Yeah. No, no, not boop. Mm. She'd stick. Okay. And if you tried to pull away, she'd push. <laughs> like you know, like when you take two fingers and you just push against your temple? Uh-huh. Sure. Like you just like you can feel like that pressure. Yeah. Yeah, like she's pushing. Mm-hmm. She's pushing right into your mouth. You can't escape. <laughs> she needs to Get a good whiff <laughs> of whatever's coming out of you. That's funny. Yeah, she's she came from a, a kennel called Clear Cut Kennel. They mm-hmm. raise, they breed for hunting. Mm. She's not a hunter, but she probably should have been. Yeah. Her favorite activity is to be outside chasing birds' shadows as they fly overhead. Right. Just all forth, back in day, Gosh. just chasing shadows. Love a dog that can entertain itself. Yeah, she's great for that. She doesn't really, like, 
she likes us mm-hmm. and she likes me and the family. Mm-hmm. I think one of the weirdest things about her is my buddy, John. Shout out, John. Yeah. That's her favorite person. <laughs> he comes over every other time I drive home. Mm-hmm. So every two months or so. That's so funny. But he's her favorite. God. And that's just because like. Versus the people that, you know, feed her every day. <laughs> I think a big part of it is like, especially when she was younger, when she was a lot more rambunctious, she settled out a lot at mm-hmm. this point. But we'd have John over and he would just beat on her he would just toss her around yeah. like a wet noodle and she loved it yeah like I, i'll play rough with my dog i love tossing her yeah. around but like like not like never in a way of like oh i don't know this goes too far i, I say it's uh-huh. really just in like in the most acceptable way he would just pound on her yeah. he was just mean yeah. <laughs> and she adored it uh-huh. she was having the best time of her life <laughs> and that's kind of her she is she's an extremist i i used to take her to the dog park every now and again because she used to be a lot more social. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma's got little dogs that are very mean, and they've kind of turned her off of little dogs at mm-hmm. this point almost entirely. Her favorite thing is just to run. She wants to be chased more than anything, but she will do a little chasing just to feel it. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to get her inside the house as a puppy was a nightmare. It's like, you're trying to grab yeah. her, call, like, call her, come on, Aggie. Yeah. And you reach out, and she's 10 feet away already. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 this ain't a game. You yeah. need to come in. Yeah. It's 10 below. <laughs> Get over here, animal. Uh-huh. Nope. But one of my favorite memories of bringing her to the dog park is uh, she's just running. There's people who are throwing balls for their dog, mm-hmm. and she's not chasing the ball. She's chasing the dog. And the dog comes back and drops the ball, and the owner throws the ball, and the mm-hmm. dog runs. And at some point, the dog gets worn out, and they leave. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else is there throwing a ball for a dog. <laughs> or there's just a dog who's just running in circles, and yeah. she's just playing with them. And she's just running and running and running and uh-huh. running. And at some point, a guy showed up with a rescue greyhound. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Beautiful dogs. Yeah. And, like, I could just tell from the way that thing was on leash and how he brought it in and unhooked it that, like, this was a really well-trained, mm-hmm. really well-taken-care-of, really powerful dog. Yeah. And the second that guy let it off the leash and said, okay, go. Mm-hmm. It just went full laps around the fence, <laughs> what felt like 80 miles an hour. Yeah. And the second Aggie saw it, after having been there probably an hour, mm-hmm. she went, hell yeah. <laughs> and she did her absolute best to keep up with that dog. She yeah. made one full lap and coming around on the second, when that dog went into the turn to not run into the fence, uh-huh. her feet just kind of locked <laughs> and she slid about 10 feet through the mud <laughs> Up into the fence on her side (laughs) and didn't get up for a minute and just looked at me and just completely covered in mud, panting. I could tell, like, she's trying to get back up and keep going, but I'm going to have to pick up this dog and get her out of here. She used her her last molecule of energy (laughs) fucking racing that greyhound. She burned out entirely. She was not awake by the time I put her down Uh in the car. She slept for two days, (laughs) but... Yeah, she's always, she seems so aloof. She seems tired all the time. Yeah. I find as she gets older, she has like a more kind of like sad look to her face in general, mm. which I think most animals have some kind of expression on their faces and it's not usually real. Right. They don't emote like us, but they kind of do. Yeah. Cause she smiles sometimes. I can tell. Yeah. But, well, yeah, dog smile is kind of their nose scrunches up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but they just look like they're always smiling with their mouth open, you know? Yeah. Finn has got a face where when he's not nervous, he's always smiling. Yeah. He is a happy looking dog when he's mm-hmm. not unhappy looking. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, even now being eight, coming up on nine, I think in the spring, my dad's taking her swimming in Lake Superior in December just because she loves it so much. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we'll have pictures of. I think we should have all pictures of the dogs, but then for our dogs, maybe we'll have a few extra because. I got such wacky images of this animal. Yeah. She is so bizarre. Yeah. Are you the type of person that takes a picture of her every time you see her? Usually four. And then I yeah. think I'll save only one of these, whichever one's the good one. <laughs> but then I just have all four forever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Finn gets a photo shoot a couple times a week. <laughs> yeah. And is deserving of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, her name is Aggie. I was allowed to pick the name. Mm. And so the two options I gave to my parents were Flopsy Mopsy Marshmallow and right. Bagul. Okay. <laughs> and uh Oh, I wish you would have gone with Bagul. <laughs> I that's what we went with, but it, it got workshop down to Aggie because okay. my dad didn't want to yell Bagul out Bagool. the back door. Yeah. Which, some, some, like <laughs> some Italian guy. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> well it's it's the it's the name of the demon in like Sinister or something. Okay. <laughs> one of those like yeah. one of the really dumb Blumhouse or Blumhouse wannabe ones. Yeah. Where I Bagul is not a scary name. It really it's is. So it? goofy. I think you're right. I think that is sinister. If it's not, f- come back fact to the check. fact check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought that was the dumbest name for a dog. Uh-huh. And then Flopsy Mopsy Marshmallow just like that one was directly because I want my dad to yell some part of that phrase yeah. out the back door twice a day every day. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, we got it worked down to Aggie. Her breeding papers say Lake Superior's agate, so it's Aggie <laughs> is agate according Cute. to my mom's end of it things. Yeah. But yeah, I. I've never known a dog to be so independent. Mm. She really doesn't give a shit about nobody unless she chooses to. Yeah. And I love her so much more for it. Yeah. Oh, I love that in a dog. You know, as much as you want them to be obsessed with you. Yeah. It's I want... really special to see a dog that can just take care of themselves. I wish she cuddled with me the way Finn will at night. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I would ask yeah. to change about her. But that ain't ever going to change. And then because I know that she just gets to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a sweetie. I hope I get to meet her. You will, yeah. yeah. We'll get up there when it's a little warmer together. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, is that it for Aggie? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my final dog hero is my personal hero. My role model who's somewhat silently been here with us for every episode of this podcast. The one and only Finn Finn. Ironically, he is not in the room for this one. He's out with an injury, so he's on the couch with a blanket over him. Benched for the season. Yeah, I think he just pulled something in his leg. But it does scare me because it's his front right leg that's hurting. And both my childhood dogs died of bone cancer in their front right leg right around Finn's age. They were golden retrievers, though, right? They were. Yeah. Yeah. Finn's... He's he's a genetic freak, which actually works out better for him in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, you know, a lot of people have said that this podcast makes them feel like they're hanging out with us, you know, which is amazing. And that's what we're going for. But remember that when you're hanging out with us in your mind, there's also the sweetest, sleepiest little man curled up under a blanket hanging out with you, too. He's hot at the exact perfect temperature. Yes. And he's in your lap. He comes. Yeah. He comes pre-warmed. Yeah. Yeah. He's my favorite little buddies. And I have a lot of little buddies, but he's my favorite. But I wonder how many times we've said Lil in this episode. I've probably said it. You said it a good times. number of times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I have the patience to fact check. <laughs> see, but um, Finn being a hero starts off pretty heavy. So trigger warning for let's see, animal abuse, um, self harm, and suicide. For that, isn't that fun? 
<laughs> yeah, don't worry, though. I promise this all ends on a happy note. Finn and I are both still here recording this podcast. So, NBD. No, it's a big deal. But It is. You don't need to be sad about it anymore. Because I'm not. So, Finn, Cooper, Tryon, formerly just Cooper, the Chihuahua Dachshund, the Chihuahua, named after Finn from Star Wars, way before they did My Boy Dirty. I got yeah. him right after Force Awakens came out. So Finn was a, you know, a pretty dope, dope character back then. He really, like, they were setting him up to be really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look how they massacred my boy. But yeah, I just uh, found out his birthday. Ooh. Finn's birthday, not John Boyega's. Um, yeah, it, uh, it might still be approximate, but it was listed on a form from when he got microchipped, which was before he got to the shelter. Hmm. But yeah, it's December 15th, 2015. So oh. he just turned eight. Uh, he was dropped off at a shelter in Oklahoma, actually, by some asshole who just signed his name as pal. It's a game of telephone, you know, between the person that was there when he dropped Finn off and and then to me <laughs> yeah. you know um so all i know about this guy is that he brought finn in and half-assed some paperwork kicked finn finn peed and he walked out and mm. yeah i have such conflicting feelings about this guy because like on one hand i want to kick that guy so hard that he pisses his pants yeah you know but he also gave finn a chance to have a good life yeah it, animal abuse doesn't have to stop ever mm -hmm. But taking him to the shelter certainly gives him a shot at something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Finn was in understandably pretty rough shape at that time. He had a bacterial disease. He is missing a few teeth and a few more chipped. He was underweight. He had big patches of missing fur on his legs and his face. And, of course, he has scars on his face and some rips in his ears. Mm hmm yeah, my guess is that's a combo of getting attacked by other dogs and trying to get out of a crate. You know, I've seen him in a crate and how he he will he try to like stick his stick his face through it, um, or you know, to stick his arms through it, whatever. And yeah, I could see how he could he could hurt himself doing that. This is but, one thing I don't want to interrupt for too long, but just yeah. one thing I've noticed with him as far as I don't know, I wonder about those scars and tears a lot, mm -hmm. and. One of the things in playing with dogs and training dogs is that when a dog bites you or is playing a little too rough, you can usually give them a yip, like a yeah. yip, yip, and just like, it's kind of a, a remembrance of a puppiness and like, you know, mm -hmm. when you're playing with your litter and they do that, you gotta, you gotta cool off. Mm -hmm. And not like Finn has ever bit me too hard or nothing, mm -hmm. but I've just trolled that line with him to see if he reacts. And one of the things I think is really interesting about him is like, he's got a very, a lot of very puppy-like behaviors. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't care about those yips at all. Yeah. I almost wonder if he just never got socialized around puppies his own age. I feel like he must yeah. have just been put right into it and just got rough. It could be. I mean, he was he was the only dog that that guy dropped off. And, yeah. You know, a lot of times people bring in three, the four whole dogs, the whole litter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dog gets pregnant wandering around in the streets right. and you don't want the whole litter. So you bring those in. But right. Yeah. Yeah. He went through it somehow. We don't he know really the details, did. but he really did, and I'm fine knowing the level of details that I do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, at, the, at this point, I don't know that I would want to know anymore. No, we um, can't. We can't change. Yeah, that's not going to help him now. Yeah, but you know, the shelter got him cleaned up pretty well. It gave him all his shots, got him up to weight, got him, you know, halfway potty trained, got his wounds and his bald patches healed up a bit. 
and then transferred him to a sister shelter in good old Hudson, Wisconsin. I will also happen to be in pretty rough shape at this time, <laughs> the, uh, around the end of 2016. There was a lot of stuff going on. I was in my freshman year of college. I went there with three or four friends, had another five or six that were already there, um, got abandoned by those friends, crashed and burned a two-year-long relationship, made some new friends, loved the new friends, loved the new friends too much, started losing those friends too. Uh, you know, I'm distracted by all this friendship drama and relationship drama and you know, discovering the this little thing called alcohol that, you know, my mental health was like a, a nuclear meltdown, you know, just happening in the background. And and I was, you know, Homer Simpson eating donuts in the break room. <laughs> you know? But I didn't end up realizing, you know, how bad it had gotten until like a World War One soldiers. I poked my head out of the trenches for half a second and and then it was too late at that point. But you know, depression and dogs are like failed marriages and babies. You know, it's um, it's, <laughs> it's not gonna fix it, but it'll sure distract you from it. That's Oof. for damn sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So I started looking for dogs. I'm greasing palms at school to let them allow me to have, in the in the style of the time, an emotional support animal. Uh, yeah. uh, now it turns out faking a ESA certificate is as easy as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh, I, I gotta think that most people who would be on the end of receiving one of those don't know what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. So you just print something. Yep. 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 Some amateur Photoshop and yeah. Boom. Boom. You can have a dog wherever. Yeah. You know. But um. Yeah. So I this started. This is not legal the, advice. Yes, this is not. Uh, I think they've cracked down on on the whole ESA scam a little bit. Probably. But, I mean, to be fair, Finn was an emotional support animal but also needs his own support, emotional support. Yeah, animal. yeah. An emotional support yin-yang experience. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. I'm I'm the emotional support animal most times, but... At this point especially. Yeah, but I made, um, I made a bunch of, like, charts and graphs and tables to figure out the perfect dorm room breed, which, like I mentioned earlier, was a miniature schnauzer, but I gave up on all my charts when I saw Finn listed on the website. So I talked to the people at the shelter and honestly, like, I'm surprised they were even open to the idea of giving one of their rescues to a depressed 18 year old living in a dorm, <laughs> you know, but, but I was, you gotta go somewhere. Yeah. I was so good at acting mature back then. Like my mental health is just doing its own, own thing while I'm not looking and I'm just doing my best to, you know, look at cleaned up, buttoned up responsible and like i could know, be a dog owner kind of face. like i could be a dog owner and it could it obviously yeah. worked out yeah yeah but so okay the first time i met him was at his foster home in white bear lake there was a few other dogs running around when i got there and i was like huh none of these look like cooper and then a blanket started barking at me <laughs> 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 and uh he eventually popped his head out and barked at me the entire time i was talking with the foster mom uh, he wouldn't let me pet him, but he I gave him a couple treats. He was okay with that. And, you know, I was i was iffy about him, to be honest. That's fair. But I needed a dog as soon as possible. I was convinced I needed a dog. And, you know, you'll argue, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I probably did, <laughs> considering the rest of the story. Um, yeah, I don't so, want to... I, I, 
like it's not that i can't it's that i wouldn't even want to imagine right you without finn right i don't know where you'd be it's not worth asking it's been my entire adult life like yeah i feel like i i don't really know how life works without him mm. you know and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but okay so yeah that visit was the easy part when you rescue a dog someone with the shelter has to go inspect your place to make yeah. sure it's suitable right so i have to convince his foster mom that a dorm room is a good place for a dog and you know i was really fucking smart about this well i the, so the school i went to had january term mm -hmm. and you either had no classes or you went and studied abroad and the people who had no classes just you know went home for the most part so I scheduled that shit for the middle of January when I was the only person on campus. <laughs> One of the only people on campus. There we go. Yeah, I don't think that she would have been cool with, you know, dudes walking around in a towel and people drinking UV blue in the hallway <laughs> outside my room. People being noisy all the time. But, you know, she deemed both me and the dorm suitable for little Cooper. So we signed some paperwork with Finn as our witness. She left and I told him, all right, first things first, kid. It's Finn now. Got it. Your name's Finn. And what did he do? He shook. He shook about it. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a shaker. Um, yeah. Pretty much any emotion that he feels makes him shake. Uh, it's a chihuahua thing. But he wasn't barking at me and he let me pet him. And um, I picked him up and went to give him a kiss and he bit me so hard right on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only time he's ever been anything other than loving to me. You know, that's the only time he's shown any serious aggression or anything. Um, he's just been the biggest sweetheart since then. And, you know, we got to spend the rest of that month, just the two of us on campus, fucking rocking out and running up and down the halls and going for drives and learning to do stairs, learning to poop outside. And <laughs> yeah, we were in our own little, our own little bubble. I hadn't thought about that those like few weeks in a long time yeah um until i sat down to to do this and yeah it was like it was the calm before the storm you know like everything seemed fine and then the, just you the, and your buddy yeah the world returns to luther college <laughs> i had built this little raised bed out of like pvc pipe and hot glue and who knows what else and it was the same height as my bed, so he could, like, sleep next to me. And the very first night, he just kept trying to crawl under my blanket. And I don't know why I was, like, opposed to this at that time, but I kept putting him back on his bed. And I ended up giving up after, like, four or five times. Yeah. And now he spent almost every night of his life sleeping cuddled up, you know, under a blanket with me. There's this is so sweet. <laughs> there's times where uh, I'll get to, to cuddle up with him and spend the night with him because mm -hmm. I will be out or has an early morning or whatever is going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's no denying him getting under that blanket. Yeah. Yesterday, he he stood on my face, mm -hmm. crawled down my chest, mm -hmm. put his nose in my waistband and <laughs> farted in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it was about a three minute process, but I just couldn't have stopped it if I had to. <laughs> I love him more than I can uh... explain. He is such a good dog. I'm so sorry that no. that happened. <laughs> no. Like, it was funny the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I, like, even beyond, like, content, that's one of those things of, like, for the rest of my life, he is always going to be a special dog to me. And that's just going to be one of those moments yeah. that, like, 
no other dog will provide yeah. ever. <laughs> we'll be talking about that for decades he, to come. He did it. He doesn't know what he did, but he, he gave me the most thin moment. He doesn't know, but he also doesn't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't give a fuck if he did know. No. If yeah. he did know, he would just say it was on purpose. And yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe he does know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but uh, to fast forward a little through this mental health stuff that I have fast forwarded through every time it comes up on the podcast just because that's not this episode i don't know what episode it'll be but it's not it's not dog it does not have to be an episode (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but a few months after getting finn you know not only do i not have friends but the ones that i have on campus are starting to actively despise me for a lot of reasons some of them valid some of them not some of them maybe but yeah. You know, I got to the point of I want to commit suicide, but I don't know if I can. And I like to say that I attempted to attempt suicide. Love to say that. Yeah, you, you, it's, it's your classic yeah, line. Love saying it. You enter the room and everyone goes, "Say the line, Ev." <laughs> oh, my line that I love to say. Yeah, <laughs> I attempted to attempt suicide. Um, joking about stuff like this. I hope it's not offensive to anybody. It's just how. I process it. It's the same way that I process my alcoholism, you know? Yeah. It's, it, I, if, if you hear what we're saying and you take it personally, I want to say more than anything, I'm sorry that you're in a place to know exactly what we mean and yeah. not, not have, you're not missing something you ought to have. I'm yeah. just, if you don't have any humor about it and you're in that darkest spot and you're listening to this podcast, shoot a message this way. We'll yeah. talk to you about it. But yeah, yeah, we take it in good faith and good humor because we have to. We have to. That's yeah. all. It's, the only way for for us to get through it it's different for everybody it is it's It's allowed to be yeah 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 but yeah so things were were getting real dark then and just if i didn't have this stupid adorable dog it would be so much easier for me to kill myself and events happened and mental decisions were made and i was in the woods with my self-harm knife I know there's cops waiting for me outside the woods and my options come down to either I get it over with here or I walk out there and surrender to the cops, which could mean jail. It could mean the hospital. It could mean the psych ward. It could mean getting my ass beat or worst of all, it could mean Finn getting sent back to the shelter. And that would be the worst out of any of those. Right. But if I'm gone, Finn is definitely going back to the shelter. But if I leave my knife here and walk out there and go wherever the cops dump me, I have a chance to get back to him. So that's what I did. And it and it worked. Glad you're here. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uh he didn't heal my mental illness, but he didn't let me kill myself. <laughs> yeah. And Stuff was still really rough after that. It's not like, you know, but it's not like my drinking where the, the big thing happened and I said, okay, we're done with that and move on. It was, it, there was, you know, another rough couple of years um, following that. But no matter how bad my mental health has gotten since, you know, Finn, Finn knows that Pipu always comes home. Yeah. You know, I tell him that every day. People always comes home. I tell him that every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what a sweet little boy. 
He is perfect. Yes. I the first time I met him, he attached to the back of my ankle, and I lifted his entire body off the floor without touching him. <laughs> and uh, he has quickly become like really genuinely an all-time favorite dog. Yeah. If uh, if you can earn his trust and his love, there is not a dog who is more ready to reward you for it. Yeah, absolutely. He is such a sweetheart. He is a goofy, dumb. So dumb. Goony little sweetheart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, he's 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 grateful every day. You can tell he he's grateful for the life that he lives. Yeah, and the roll of the dice of the cosmic things that got Powell to drop him off, it couldn't have really, like, he rolled a nat 20. This is it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Finn got picked up by somebody who said, yeah, I could love a Finn. Because if I can say now, knowing how much I love him, yeah, I wouldn't have picked him. Yeah, not the way not the way he attached to the back of my ankle. That uh -huh. wouldn't have been the dog I picked. Uh huh. But I I would have lost out. Mm hmm. Yeah. So adopt. <laughs> yeah. Know what you can handle. Uh huh. Listen to what the people at the shelter are telling you about how it's gonna go, and then mm -hmm. yeah, make the best out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could talk about Finn and mental health for hours, but we can't put all our best content in one episode. So, will before. We wrap this up. I have two questions for you. Yeah. One, what traits do you like the most in dogs? Like, like if you and Molly were looking to get a dog, what are you looking for in one? So for traits that I'm looking for in a dog, I want a dog that is attentive of me. Mm -hmm. If I'm getting a dog and they don't look at me, they can't consider me. And that seems to be like just the way that they're going to be. Mm hmm. I'm looking for a companion. I'm looking for somebody who is excited for me to get home. That's one of the things I love so much more about dogs than cats. Mm -hmm. I'm also looking for an animal that I can train and trust. Because I think I've had dogs in my life that I can't take places. Yeah. And that didn't make me love them less. But it's tough. It's hard. It's hard. It's not what I want out of my experience with my animal. Mm -hmm. And so a dog that I know is listening to me, that I know is attentive of me, mm -hmm. I know I can train and I know I can start to build a trust with so that, you know, maybe I find out enough to know this isn't a dog I can take everywhere. Yeah. But when I know I can take it to this place and that place, and I know it's going to be good. I want to, I want to see that potential for trust right away. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's a certain energy that like, I'm just looking for a dog that doesn't seem like a dog, I think is the best way to put it. Mm. I want a dog that is clearly having some weirdness about it. Yeah. I'm not, I've never been a golden retriever person. Yeah. It's a big cuddly buddy and I love him, <laughs> but I want my dog to be weird. Uh -huh. <laughs> I want something goofy. Yeah. I want people to, I've never seen a dog like that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about Aggie. It was one of my favorite things about my first dog, Kaisa. Mm -hmm. Like, I want I want a buddy, mm -hmm. and I want him to look and act and sound like a dog, mm -hmm. but only so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I I do like puppy voice with Finn a lot, but I also do a lot of like, all right, man, let's get down to it. Yeah, hey, you gotta knock this shit off. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you 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 want a dog that you feel like can comprehend a little bit when. Things are things are serious. <laughs> yeah, because things are going to be serious. Uh -huh. It's like, I'm going to bring puppy voice to strangers' dogs. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I need to be, yeah, it's so important to be able to talk to your animal. Uh -huh. And to be able to understand them, yeah. too. I don't know, with Aggie, it was one of the ways that I tried to, because I was really around a lot when she was a puppy. I was still living with my parents. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to give her the sense that, like, we were going to be dominant, mm -hmm. but she was going to be a player. She mm -hmm. was going to be a part of the family. 
So I would all the time walk over the top of her. I would take big steps over mm -hmm. her. And, you know, if we were playing, I would get down and lay on my back and have my belly up. And then when she would come and try to get on top of me, I would just flip her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted to make sure that that dog, that I was talking to that dog in dog, mm -hmm. but also that I was flipping the script on, like, I didn't, I just didn't want her to be our animal. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where some of her aloofness comes from, because she's a great listener. You can mm -hmm. tell her what you want. And if she's in the right mood, she'll do it. Mm -hmm. But she always hears me. Yeah. And she knows when I'm mad. Yeah. And she doesn't want that, but she also doesn't expect it either. Yeah. Yeah, you need a, a family member. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. We don't got to speak English. I speak enough, dog. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I consider Finn, fa like, I've said, like, Same. my family. Yeah. I need uh, to he's... protect my family, and I'm just referring to Finn and I, and now I suppose Mark. <laughs> yeah. No, I he's part of my family as well. Mm -hmm. He's He is a member of this household. He is. He is. He's not here. Like, AJ's here. Mm -hmm. I care about that bug. Mm -hmm. Finn is a member. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is. The most important. He's the patriarch. He, he really is. <laughs> yeah. Only he, him on this level. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, okay. My second question for you, Will. Yeah, yeah. As always, do you have any advice for the listeners? Yeah. My advice this week, and this is, you know, maybe practice it for a week, but honestly, just practice it more in general. We're hitting that dreary time of year. We went into the holidays. Everything became about the holidays. And now we're kind of into this void where it's still winter. And now what? Mm -hmm. Take some time to like really honor how you're feeling lately. Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself why you're having the cravings to eat what you're having. And then let yourself have it. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a little gift if you can afford it. Yeah. And if you're not feeling good about the way things are going... Don't forget that you can't voice that because you got to keep down for the holidays or whatever else has been mm -hmm. going on that you've been having to push through. Bring yourself back up. If you're not noticing where you're at other than to notice it doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. start talking to yourself again and honor yeah. that. Do something for yourself. Yeah. Buy, buy yourself a new graphic tee. Yeah. That always, that's what I do when I'm real real down. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Now it's making sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why I get a new t-shirt every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got a Spider-Gwen hoodie. I'm really excited to see it. You told me, but I haven't seen it yet. So dope. So dope. Yeah. She is the coolest. Yeah. I love her. Um, okay. My advice. I said it earlier. Always adopt. If you're getting mm -hmm. a dog, mm -hmm. you can you can get a designer dog from a breeder, but they notoriously have worse health problems. Purebred dogs, the gene pool isn't diverse enough to protect them from, you know, enough of the things that a mixed breed dog is protected from. Or even, you know, right. stuff starts getting bred in as right. part of the purebred breed that is now going to have to be present because they all just have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have a dog in mind, if there's some breed that feels really special keep going to the shelter. Mm -hmm. Something way cuter is going to show up or exactly what you're looking for. Could yeah. go either way, but just go look. Yeah. Uh, purebred is like four fifty at the grocery store these days. It's insane. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, dogs like will show you every fucking minute how grateful they are to have a loving home. If, you know, if they came from, from struggles, Finn like does not let me forget how much he loves me. And, Giving an abused animal or a neglected animal is, you know, the best life possible is so fucking rewarding. It's true. You know, it's my favorite thing to do every day. And dogs are really easy to spoil. They get excited about the smallest things. 
but you know finn has the scars to prove that he deserves to be pampered every day of his life and nothing makes me happier than making him happy and i know it's cliche right but who rescued whom is is more than just what your mom's wine glass says it's, it's really it's true, true. <laughs> it's true getting a dog isn't gonna solve your problems Actually, it's going to give you a lot more problems, to be honest. But, you know, once you see how much love you can have for something, you can try to start to love yourself as much as you love that dog. Or even better, you can try to love yourself as much as the dog loves you. Yeah, dogs will show you... Uh, yeah, I, I. there's nothing quite the same as getting home, feeling like the day went okay. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I got to make dinner now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with my night. Mm-hmm. It's dark already. I haven't been feeling great anyways. Mm -hmm. And I come through the door and there's a blanket on the couch mm -hmm. and it starts playing the drums because <laughs> there's a happy little tail in there that's just been hoping that uh -huh. that little honk outside of the car lock and was coming to him. Uh -huh. And then he pops his head out and he smiles at me yeah. and I throw a pink elephant and dogs are just the best. Yeah. He's the sweetest. I love that boy so, so much. So good. You can have the shittiest day and you still know that you always have something positive to come home to. Positive. Even, yeah. yeah uh, that was a rough one. Even if there's some poo-poo on the ground. even I just had to clean up some poo-poo that I missed before we started recording today. It just happens in the winter. It, it just fucking happens. And I don't mind. I don't love cleaning up poop. But yeah, it's what it is. I'm going to do that for him because I love him. Life's and, absurd, just clean up the poop. And if he had thumbs and I was fond of pooping inside, he would do the same thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, thank you so much for going through these with us today. Honestly, they're a lot more emotional than I thought that they were going to be. Uh, more consistently emotional. I didn't cry, though. Mm -mm. I'm quite shocked that I didn't cry. Not in this edit. No, not in this edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we will be back next week, as always. We're really fucking plowing through 2024, my friend. We are. I feel like we've already had so many fun episodes, and there's so many more to come. So much late night lobotomies coming at you so fast. Once a week. It's coming. It's crazy. Once a week. But in the meantime, if you have a spare dollar, buy your dog a treat. But if you have two spare dollars... A second spare dollar yes. in this economy? We have a Patreon. Oh, that's a good place to put it then. At patreon.com slash late night lobotomies. Far more importantly, though. Way more importantly. And obviously, I know I say it's way more important, but it is way more important than Patreon will ever be. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at late night lobotomies and at E-T-R-Y-O-N-7-7. And also for the late night lobotomies, we, we ask for a lot on that Instagram channel. Send us a picture of your dogs. Yes. Please. Send, yeah. Send us some dogs. Yeah. Send us dogs. Send us pictures of uh, drawings of what you think we look like. Yep. Um, send us questions. I want to do a... A 22 uh, viewer 22, question. Yeah. yeah listener yeah. question. Listener question. Yes. Yeah. Send us those three things. Anything else? Just say hi. Yeah. Just say hi. Or if you're struggling... We're anything... trapped in this box. We're just talking in this box forever, making you listen. But, like, we mm -hmm. need stuff. We're trapped in the box. Yeah, we're trapped. Help. Let me help. out. Help. Help. This is a cry for help. All right. And while you're on your phone, while this episode is still playing, it's it's playing its final tunes, give us five stars. The button is, like, right there. 
it's right there. It just, it helps us get this podcast out to more people, which means you make more lobotomite friends like uh, Izzy and Dom. Yeah. Or Maddie and Marku. Imagine getting to talk to somebody else about this podcast. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yeah. We also, we do have a, a Reddit page. That do we? I just, yeah, I just took the subreddit, you know, for to, just to have it, just to make yeah. sure that I have control over r slash late night lobotomies um so yeah if you want to talk to other lobotomites there i mean there's no activity on it but not yet not yet hey go go have the first post yeah say just post first like on a classic youtube video it was always cool (laughs) i forgot about that that was so dumb but no uh, it's cool (laughs) 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 all right everyone thanks for listening have a gooey night and we'll see you next week Goodbye. Bark, bark, bark. A wolf. A wolf. A wolf. Is that how we're ending it? No. Okay.